Hello and welcome to another episode of the Golden Hour Podcast. I'm your host, Dave Mays. And Connor McCaskill. And we are here, episode 172. Wow, we're on our way to 200. That's right. Pretty exciting. Very close to 200. How you um, been? <laughs> it's been a while. Yeah, man. Yeah, we, um, we had Tyler Stallman on last week because you were out of town. Yep, I was out of town. And um, it was a great conversation about the Lumix... S5 Mark II, which I now have in my hand. Yes. I actually listened to the uh, podcast. It was a great podcast. Tyler and you have really good uh, on-podcast chemistry. <laughs> Tyler's the base, man. Yeah. We should we should have him on while you're on as well. We do a three-way call. Wow, that'd be intense. Um, maybe one day he'll, him and Anya will come down to Nashville. That'd be fun. Yeah. Or we'll go up to Canada. Yeah. I'd be down for that. That'd be awesome. Yeah. So let's get started with you sharing with us uh i think you briefly mentioned it the last time we were on yeah but um your canon r5 debacle, uh, debacle. there's yeah. been a bit of an issue yeah with your camera and yeah tell us the story sure we just jump right into it um yeah the canon r5 it's a camera i've owned for about a year or so now uh and over the course of using it uh dave is probably the first one to really point it out to me um I kept having issues with uh, noise, like a noisy sensor, which you and Tyler actually talked a little bit about the R5 image before. That is a very fragile uh, image. And I don't know. It was just an issue. I've shot with it in other R5s. I think that it's more of an issue than other R5s. In my opinion, mine seems particularly bad. It has a lot of noise in the shadows, um, like a lot of noise. Um, And so it became enough of a problem that over the holidays... I was like, you know, I'm just going to send it to Canon. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I linked them some screenshots of issues that I was seeing. And I was like, I'll just send it to Canon, see what they say. Um, and, you know, hopefully they can fix it for me. And uh, it got to Canon, you know, description, paragraphs I sent them of like what I've noticed anyways. So I finally get an email back from them when it gets to the service center. And they're, you know, they're like, hey. Um, we tested the, uh, we tested the audio and we couldn't find any issues with the audio. So your camera's fine. Would you mind sending us your lenses and audio equipment so we can further test it? Was that, that wasn't anything you mentioned. And I was like, audio. I was like, what do you mean you're testing the, (laughs) the, the audio of my camera? Um, it's a noise issue with the sensor. Like I very, uh, clearly described that and sent them photo and video examples. Um, so I was, I was really confused and I, I gave him a call back and I was like, Hey, like. I don't know what you're getting on about here with the audio because I, I was like, I don't know if you, I mean, like I sent you a description and all that. I don't know if maybe I got the intern or something who just saw the word noise and was like, yeah, all right, I'll test the audio. Um, so I recorrect. You have to talk to like a middleman with Canon. You can't just talk to the people who are working and servicing your camera. You have to go to the call center. So it's it's like they talk to them, they talk to me, I talk to them, they talk to the service center. So it's a it's a bit of a terrible system but um uh so they i i send that information they send it off and then i get another message another email from them saying like hey you didn't respond you didn't respond you didn't send us your equipment that we asked for so uh we're not gonna you know do anything further with your camera i was like okay so i I call them back again i was like hey you didn't test the thing that i said was an issue in the first place i'm not sending you my lenses i'm not sending you my audio equipment it has nothing to do with the issue at hand please just test the camera and fix it because it's an issue i i have 
compared it with other R5s, we know it's an issue, right? Mm-hmm. It's worse than the other R5s. Then I get, you know, another week or so goes by. This is all over the holidays, so, you know, lots of off time for them, so it keeps getting delayed. Now we're past the new year. I sent it off well before Christmas. So they had my camera for about a month now. And I get another email. They were supposed to, like, email me back and, you know, let me know what they found. They sent me another email that was just, hey, we're shipping your camera back. (laughs) I was like, okay, um, what's going on now? So I call back again, and I'm like, okay, I got an email saying they're sending my camera back. Did they fix it? Mm -hmm. Did they not fix it? What's the story here? I'm not getting any information from you guys. Uh, Mind you, they charged me $500. Almost immediately, they charged me $500 when they were testing the audio of my camera. So I wasn't happy about that. Wow. Um, Because they, you know, they charged me for something that wasn't even wrong with the camera. Um, At least the audio is good. Yeah, the audio is great. They have found no problem with the audio. Well, and here's the deal. They also found, in their opinion... Once they got around to testing. Once they finally got around to testing it, maybe, uh, you know, who knows what they actually did. You know, they didn't really go into too much detail. But they, they said, hey, we didn't find any issues outside of our standard of acceptable quality. And then they, you know, gave me a dumb answer like, hey, you know, when you increase the exposure in post-production, you get some noise. Oh, okay, thanks. Um, (laughs) And when you shoot log. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I was like, okay, thanks. So they sent it back to me. And uh, I just didn't have any say-so in it. And long story short, I'm just over it. (laughs) Yeah, I, the camera, here, I, I sold it. I sold the camera, you know, I put on there service by canon because it was yeah <laughs> it's <was> clean <laughs> uh and it, it's someone else's problem now yeah. um if it's within I, I think the reason i didn't notice the noise issue as much before is because i was shooting a lot with the jim cook and we were doing a lot of live streams so we were shooting in neutral picture profile and yeah. so the camera's doing noise processing internally and i guess it was enough that it wasn't too much of an issue well, to be honest, uh, I've talked to Tyler about it and, and other people, and it does seem to be common with, especially with C Log Three. It's just not a good codec. It's noisy. It, it doesn't give you the, you know, the cleanliness of the C seventy with C Log. Yeah, it's like you gain some dynamic range, but you lose so much quality in that dynamic range. That it's mm-hmm. almost like, what's the point? Like, should we just be shooting regular C Log? Did you see Cam Mackey's video switching to Sony? Yeah, yeah, I saw it. He was very angry about his switch, and Tyler and I talked about it last week as well, but um, that's one of the things he talked about. Almost all other manufacturers are giving us full, unlocked log profiles. Yeah. And C-Log3, though it it is better than nothing, it's not their best profile. No, I I think that Canon has been doing... I think it's, it's... uh, what's the word I'm looking for? They're comfortable, right? Mm-hmm. So they've been comfortable. They're comfortably on the top. They've been on the top for all these years that they feel like they can still play this game with us where they can just keep like taking things away and putting it in other things. Yeah. Uh, and th- they think they can get away with it and that we'll just, you know, roll over and accept it because we like Canon colors mm-hmm. or we like the Canon body. Uh, at a certain point, it's just it's ridiculous. I don't. I think Cam's video was great. If you haven't seen it, I th- you already promoted it in the last one, but um, it, it just really emphasized, you know, the issues with Canon and the fact that they are not consumer first; they are mm-hmm. company first. They're trying to 
you know, make a certain amount of profits, which I think in the end is going to hurt them mm -hmm. because they're pissing everyone off. <laughs> <laughs> so here's the, here's the title and thumbnail here. I'm breaking up with you, Canon. Canon made me switch to Sony. Yeah. Great, great title. So I'll, I'll mute it. But yeah, we would, maybe we should have Cam on oh, the yeah, three Cam, of us. That would be fun. And we could talk about this. Yeah. Because also the Golden Hour podcast has not subscribed. I'm subscribed to Dave May's channel, but that was, yeah, we'll, we'll do another subscription. That's a good idea. Yeah. So, um, everybody check out Cam Mackey's video here. Yeah. Um, and really his live insightful. stream is great too. If you want like an unfiltered version, you can also watch his live stream. <laughs> uh, that was it. it I, I watched, I made sure to watch that as well. Yeah. Uh, Cam's killing it. He's doing a great stuff. So he switched to Sony and he's, you know, he, he says all the things that we still say. It's like, I think it's like the ergonomics are still better with Canon. And he, I think he, mm -hmm. he's still, sure yeah, he's still, what do I do? That's a hand? very applicable, um, he, he also, um, was talking about the fact that he thinks that Canon colors are still technically like 6% better or something. Mm -hmm. He's like, yeah, something like that. But then he also made the point that as a artist and as a filmmaker, he should be able to correct for that with yeah. any profile he's given. So yeah, long story short, I'm selling my Canon. Are, uh, but I'm still well, buying one a of Canon. Them. <laughs> so I'm still going to end up with the R6 Mark II. Wait, I was going to do a drum roll. Oh. So what's the camera you're going to purchase instead? It's a, it's a R6 Mark II. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's actually this camera, the one that's filming me right now. Hi, how we doing? The reason is, is because I simply shoot with a lot of guys who shoot Canon cameras. Yeah. And you kind of all want to be on the same system. Totally. So I'm more or less downsizing in mm -hmm. a way. The R5 too much of a mm -hmm. camera and i can get the r6 in it you know it, yeah it'll work great and all that good stuff so i'm not too worried about it so yeah i mean it makes sense that you're gonna still stay in the canon ecosystem because you work with jim cook specifically yeah. who specifically shoots all canon and um i would argue though and maybe we should do some tests that you could probably get away with this with i know the canon c log 2 transform um, from vlog to clog2 uh, with the real-time LUT. Um, in fact, I got an email after the podcast with Tyler yeah. from um, from a Panasonic person who specifically explained how to do that vlog to clog2 transform. Oh. And he said it is, you know, with pretty much, like it is very much just clog2. Like it, it's a true log format. And I don't understand this whole davinci resolve transform thing right but um because this is such a solid codec you're able to shoot 10 bit 422 um and it, and it's a true log format at vlog you can actually convert it to c log so okay if that's the case then theoretically theoretically you could really make this work and with the canon um the sigma l mount to ef adapter right you can put EF lenses on here and they work really well. The only thing would be RF lenses. I wouldn't be able to use those. But besides that, that's not a bad idea. It would be interesting to test that. Um, that does kind of leave me though with the fact that it's like, I don't know what camera system I want to go with. Mm -hmm. uh, Cause I have been thinking about it. I do like the Lumix system. I've been impressed with it in using it. Um, I think it's almost like I, there you go. You can it, hold it. Yeah. Thanks. It. Yeah. I need to <laughs> hold it. Um, it's definitely, um, an appetizing camera. Like I think, I think what it's missing for me is a little bit of that soul, mm -hmm. which is why I 
kind of like Fujifilm because it has yeah. that. But, well, I was going to say Canon doesn't have that. No, but. no, no. Sony doesn't either. Um, but I think, I don't know. It's one, I, I do like it a lot. I do though. think it's a little bit more stylish and I like the ergonomics a little bit more than Sony. That's for sure. Yeah, I think but, I agree. I think Sony needs to update their, I mean, they've been doing the same camera design mm-hmm. for years and it would be nice to see an updated yeah. Sony body style. Um, I like on the Lumix, I, I think I've talked about before, but just the dedicated white balance button, the dedicated ISO button. Yeah. You know, the, the dials are really easy to turn right. and, and it works really well. So. I think I would need to, I just need to play with it more because I only used it in Japan for those couple days. So I just didn't get enough time with it yeah. myself. We'll try uh, to get, I know get another been, one. Yeah. I know you've been messing with it and you've really enjoyed it. So I need to just, I need to get yeah. it and use it for a while. Um to to really appreciate it i think the cameras that are most enticing to me right now are fujifilm mm-hmm. so i, I really kind of want to get the xh2s and they actually just had a nice autofocus update so oh, i'd be yeah. curious to try that they added a lot more of that or i guess not a lot more that would be stretching it a bit they added some more of that af uh the ai autofocus stuff okay. into the xh2s system okay and the xh2 system so um, I'd be curious to mess around with that and uh, play around with it, but I'm not sure. I just don't know. I mean, I'll have the R6 and that'll be fine, but I just, I've been very disappointed with Canon lately. Mm-hmm. I think we all have. I think yeah. we're all feeling it. There's one reason or another that we're staying with the system. Yeah. Um, For me, I, I do like the C70 quite a bit. Yeah. <clears throat> um, But there's still compromises as, with the C70 though. But as far as the hybrid cameras go um i'm out i'm i have no reason to be in the hybrid world from canon so right i'm i don't have interest in the r6 or even the r5c um yeah. the lumix makes more sense for me personally right no and <clears throat> I, I think the lumix is a fantastic option and for the price you almost can't beat it honestly yeah, i mean exactly. like it's even cheaper than the xh2s so mm-hmm. It's kind of it's kind of one of those things. For our next segment of the show, make it sound so official. We're going to look at some images that you took on your film camera in Tokyo. Yeah, so don't judge me too hard on these because I was using um, we were shooting with or I was shooting with the Canon AE1. This is a program. This is Dave's, not uh, the one I was using. But um, I was using Cine Still uh, 800T, mm-hmm. which is a film that I had never shot with before. So. Uh, I did make some mistakes as we'll go through here. You'll see a lot of noise in some images that were underexposed or whatever. Yeah. Um, that being said, I do think that some of them turned out pretty cool. Yeah. Um, also, also some of them are out of focus, but that's because my, um, uh, my focus prism that is in there, it's really hard to see it. Mm. Um, so I have other AE ones lots of them <laughs> he has three now. i have three so. <laughs> now um you one. should experiment with them see which one you like best yeah and then get rid of the other ones well actually I, i'll keep the one that was my grandfather's yeah sentimental value but then besides that i'll see which one I'll make like sure best. to keep track of which one is his it's the one in the original box <laughs> yeah but once you start mixing them up it's true i'll have to look the at the uh, yeah i'll write down the serial number. um and i will say too if you're an audio listener which many of you are maybe hop over to the youtube video or potentially if you're a spotify listener uh, we may have the video on Spotify up and running. We've yeah. had some issues with it. I, I've already tried it with some of our latest episodes, and mm-hmm. it wasn't working. So uh, I'll follow up on that next week. We'll but. try again with this one, and if it doesn't work, it, it doesn't work. But here we go. This is the um, airport. Uh, definitely a little noisy. Also got a shot here of Terry Warfield. Hey, Terry. Slightly out of focus. As yeah, you a can little see, underexposed, too. But There is that underexposed. But the lights, the way that Cine still turns the lights like this 
nice, almost Darth Vader lightsaber red. Yeah, it's really cool. It's kind of cool. Um, especially on this one. Especially on this one. Uh, still a lot of noise on the sides, but that's just part of film, right? Mm-hmm. It, you, you get what you get. This might um, be one of my favorite images, I think. It just looks so cinematic. If you if you cropped it to a 2-3-5 aspect ratio. Oh, yeah. Um, maybe, I, maybe process this one just for fun. To see no, I do notice your horizon is off a bit. It's a little yeah. off kilter. Off kilter. Uh, I, I don't know what it is. I, I, I do this all the time. Um, the way I hold the camera, for some reason, it's a little off off the horizon, which normally isn't an issue mm-hmm. because you just punch in a little and fix it yeah but in this case um i keep the border on my yeah. scans and um you could technically it is what it is in photoshop do like a square select of this mm-hmm. right and then you zoom it fix it but then keep just the dark edges Edge. and yeah. it probably would blend <laughs> that's way too much work part of the film is just taking it <laughs> yeah. and keeping it you know um there we go. Just some night photos here. The taxis. I like this one again. The nighttime cine still shots look really good. Right. And that's what it's for. Um, it's meant for uh, night photography, as far as I'm aware. That's mm-hmm. the um, train station. We were there all the time. Really cool how their train station worked. We already talked about that. Yeah. Super not so great. Uh, obviously, clean. shooting it in daytime, it does look clean. Although you can tell we missed focus. Dave shot that one. Great composition. Um, thank you, thank you. Just um, missed that focus, and then mine worst composition, but also missed the focus. So mine's <laughs> twice as bad. And as you can see in that image, I, I did carry around one of those little disposable cameras, the Fujifilm disposable, the little green camera. So uh, maybe on the next episode, if I get that developed, yeah, um, that'd be great. We to could go look through. at those as It'll well. Look, would it, it'd be funny. It's like oh, these shots are way cooler than this <laughs> camera. I don't know. Um, we'll see. Anyways, just more city shots. Again, the way that the highlights, the way that the highlights bloom with mm-hmm. this film, I, I really like it. It, it adds a redness to a lot of stuff. Now, I think that my film may have had a light leak, which you'll see in some of the photos. Mm-hmm. Um, that one's I like some of these. Um, but I'm not a hundred percent sure. This one's awesome. This might be one of my favorites of the, of the bunch. The subway station, the trains coming towards us or going away. Actually, I don't know. I'm not, I think it was coming at us, but, um, it just looks really cool. Again, you got those nice Darth Vader flares. Mm-hmm. Um, it just looks particularly nice. And in that image too, you can see how perfect, uh, the Japanese people are at lining up yes <laughs> and waiting their turn and uh everything was just so orderly and well put together as we talked about before this one um this is cool too it adds the the film i like the green hue it almost gives me like a matrixy vibe yeah in a way um i do kind of like that um so the temple that was behind our hotel there beautiful little temple yeah we had a temple that was the palace of the emperor it's not the best shot but that is well there's the gate Mm-hmm. to the palace yeah, we weren't we couldn't allowed. even see anything we weren't allowed to go in um terrible shots of some trees cityscape there's dave and i hey there's the mom photo there's the mom photo and this is what i'm talking about what you can tell um if you're looking at the video from the bottom you can see the red kind of go up from the bottom yeah the same kind of red that comes from the flares so i think i had a little bit of a light leak um yeah i don't know you can really yeah, you see, it see it in that it one yeah um, but it almost kind of adds a cool yeah. extra dimension to some of these photos so i don't know if i really mind there it is again that's a very obvious one also with some sort of line going on down the 
Yeah, it might have been a hair or something got onto something. I'm not really sure how it works. Yeah. These little boats were so peculiar looking. They looked like little futuristic submarines. Or like a human containing torpedo. Yeah. It's just (laughs) big, long silver boats. Very interesting indeed. Yeah. So just more shots of the water. Just whatever looked interesting to me at the time. I remember you're burning through film, I think, at this point for some reason. I think I just wanted to finish the roll. Yeah. Um, so there we go. There's, um, the giant carrot carrot that we saw. I don't actually know what it is. If you know what it is, let us know. Uh, We had a Japanese listener say that they call it the giant turd. Oh, really? (laughs) Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Giant golden turd. Yeah. Giant Uh, golden turd. I love that. Um, yeah, just some, some great, great photos, great memories. Oh, actually there's a bird, I think, flying through there. Got the bird. That's a That's good production value right there. There's the temple, and um, these are really beautiful. Yeah, beautiful red temple. The beautiful red temple. Um, you had all the the ladies walking around in the traditional. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what they're called. It's a kimo- It's kind. Of, it's kind of a kimono. I think it is. I don't. Um, know. but I'm sure I'm wrong. But it was. It was very, very cool. And that's that's the last photo. That's it. So. So what are your takeaways from uh, Cine Still 800? Uh, I got another roll. I like to shoot it, uh, but this time I'll shoot it differently and see if I get you know, better, less yeah. noisy results. Cause it does seem to be kind of a noisy, it's almost like C-Log 3, you know, <laughs> a little bit of a noisier, uh, film, uh, but that's okay. You know, that's, that's the pleasure of shooting film is you shoot with it, you see what you get. And at the end of the day, they're all just memories. Yeah. Right? So even if it's not perfect, that's what makes it kind of cool. Totally. Well, moving on to the super Ryko f- flex flex. A felks. I, uh, felks? I, uh, I What's clearly, a felks? I, well, it's a mistype is what it is. Okay. <laughs> uh, the super Ryko flex. So yeah, I was in, I was out of town uh-huh. and, uh, I was visiting family and, uh, the case is broken. Um, it actually broke today. <laughs> it, I saw it happen. It was, um, it was bound to happen here. I'll point it, you know, it's definitely broken. It was bound to happen at some point. This has been sitting in a closet, uh, at my grandparents house for the last however many decades wow. you know it's just been sitting there doing nothing yeah. Yeah, keep talking and um yeah so when i was there I, I i asked my grandmother and i said hey just out of curiosity do you happen to have any cameras you know lying around that you don't want or need anymore and um her response was basically well, I, you know, I might have something. It's probably just like a disposable camera or something. I'm not, I'm not really sure uh, what I have, but you're welcome to go through my closet and see what's there. And so I, I, I went up in there and I found seven cameras, <laughs> seven. So you didn't even know that that would be the case. No, I had she no idea. I, I didn't realize um, that they did that, but my grandfather used to be um, pretty wealthy. So I think he was just going on trips and he probably went up to whatever camera counter camera store mm-hmm. and was just like give me whatever you got you yeah know? so one of them uh besides that canon ae1 that's still in the original box which is hilarious to me broken um was this guy uh it's not the most expensive camera in the world uh not even close but i just found it to be particularly beautiful and interesting yeah. so this is a super Ricoflex. Uh, this is, I believe, a medium format. It's a six by six, shoots one twenty film, mm-hmm. and um, it's really cool. Uh, basically, it's a it's meant to be shot from the waist. So there's this top bit here, which you flip up, and you actually look down 
into the top of the camera in order to see what you're doing. So it has a twin lens system. Yeah. One of the lenses, and I don't really know which one it is, but one of the lenses um, is the one you're actually looking through. Mm -hmm. And then the other lens is the one that actually takes the photo. I believe this is the one that takes the photo. And then this so that's is the one why you there's a through. gear on both there on both. so as you focus your main lens it's focusing the other one yeah so they both focus together interesting um and then you know it has different things but i mean that's what um the what's the the main the the flex the roly flex roly flex are the uh popular ones that Ryko, i guess copied yeah so a lot of companies copied Ryko was one of them uh this was actually their most popular i was doing some research on it this was their most popular camera they've released of this series mm -hmm. um it was in they originally came out in 1956 if i had to guess looking at the serial number i think that this one came out in 1960 uh but i i really don't 1956. know 1956 yeah um but it's it's a pretty it's a pretty cool find um it's it doesn't work yet how are you gonna fix it youtube and tear it apart myself because essentially what what makes these kind of cool is it's it's just a box that's all mm -hmm. it is so i'll take it out of the case so it is it is just a box so if you open up the bottom and you check it out on the back side it's just a it's just a cavity where yeah. you slide the film over there's no mechanics to it at all other than the fact that it's just a a wheel that you mm -hmm. rotate, which oh, liter wow. literally pulls the film across. Yeah. And how you know uh, what film shot you're on is there's a window on the back here. Mm -hmm. And if you flip it up, it has a red piece of glass, so not too much light gets in there. Yeah. And you can see the number film shot. So you also know when it's you've rotated it enough because you'll see a number, like number one, two, three, whatever. Yeah. Um, so that's how you know what shot you're on because obviously this came out a long time ago um that's well, it's heavier than i thought actually yeah it's metal um but what's wrong with it is that the lenses don't rotate yeah uh, so it's seized up so i'll do some research into how to fix it or maybe i can find a local company that can service it and fix it because uh, i would like to shoot some stuff with it it'd be kind of cool. clean it uh see uh, what's it called cla clean lubricate adjust yeah yeah that's what cla is so um yeah you just need to get it cla'd mm-hmm because it's just been sitting in the closet for 50 years. Right, exactly. And then you also got another AE-1 in the original box, which is crazy. But Yep, another AE-1. <clears throat> and then there was another, it was like a Kip, uh, I don't know what the other company was, but it was like a cool little point-and-shoot camera. But the battery acid, because the battery's been sitting in there for decades, yeah. uh, corroded all the plastic uh, on it. Uh, and it's like cracking. And I, I didn't even think about it because it was covered in this white dust. I was like, oh, what in the world? And I touched it. Uh, I touched the battery acid, nice. so my hand was like tingly, tingly the rest of the day. <laughs> yeah, I, I like to add that to the top of my coffee. Oh, is you that know, right? Like it adds a nice little spice to it. Oh, yeah, but it does. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of spice, Canon has the new M50 replacement coming soon in theory. Yeah, speaking of the camera company that we don't like, the, hey, more cameras Canon. <laughs> Canon EOS R50. Hey, I will say i like canon i just wish they were better yeah it's I, like <laughs> i think that's the truth we we all wish canon was better if the r6 mark ii or r5 or whatever had the features of this yeah and did you know c log 2 c, c log 2 and right. had better ibis performance that wasn't all warpy wobbly and was clean and 
had shutter angle and waveforms that, Hey, I'd be all about it. Right. Right. <laughs> so, exactly. Um, but yeah, R50, uh, which is, I guess the R version of the M50. We just wanted to bring it up because, um, the M50 is quite famous, uh, on the old Kinotika channel. Yeah. Our best performing videos <laughs> by far. In fact, let's see where that one's at. Uh, let's see. Dave Mays M50. Um, that main one. So the one we did with Zach two years ago is almost at 200,000 views, but then the main one is at over a million Yeah, now, which is nuts, man. What's cooking, everybody? Yep, the classic. Yeah, one million views. It's the only video that, that we did that I think surpassed a million. We had a few do pretty well almost to that point. I think one hit like 800,000 or 600,000. Yeah, so the me. DJI Osmo Pocket versus GoPro and then the A6400 anyways. Yeah, so... But good old classic Kino Tikas. But I am um, curious to see what they do with the R50. I mean, really, what really what's curious with Canon cameras when they come out is it's not what will they have, it's what will they not have. Yeah, exactly. Because uh, that's really the question. What won't it have? Is it? I don't know. They might just like no autofocus in 4K, like they yeah. did with the original M50 mm-hmm. or whatever. You know, they yeah. always find something. You know what else is interesting is uh, earlier I had the C70 screen flipped out and you kept looking at the C70. And now I'm looking at this And one. now I flipped to the R6 screen so you could hold the camera up and I notice you're just looking at the R6. It's a problem. It's like when you go to a bar or a, like a, you know, you go to a, a Buffalo Wild Wings or something and you're trying to talk and you just look up at the TVs. and Yeah, it's like, I don't even, it's like, I don't know, it's tennis or something. And it's like, I don't watch tennis. I don't care about tennis, but I'm just... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. How's your day, man? Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. And I, I can't help it. So sorry. That's okay. <laughs> I'm looking slightly away from you guys. I, it's not intentional. I promise. No, it's fine. Um, so I have something that I'm going to show you that I, I. It's not on my our notes here. It's not on our list. Oh. I think you might find it in, mildly interesting. Okay. So this is a game that I used to play when I was a little kid. Yeah. And uh, I just discovered it uh, again because there's actually a community of people that play it still. Oh, uh, but Roller Coaster Tycoon. Tycoon. Roller Coaster Tycoon, the original, not... Well, not... no, this is number two. Oh, sure, okay. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Roller Coaster 1 and 2 were the same style, this kind of like almost 8-bit kind of It's kind of cool. I love the art style, to be honest. Um, so I'll show you the park that I've been working on. So... Wow, it's way less pretty than the one on the menu. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, I don't know if anybody uh, remembers this game when they were young, but um, this was definitely one of my favorite games. When did this come out? This was 90s, like okay. 1999, I think, was the first one. And really? then like early 2000s for this one. Okay. It looks older than that. Um well, yeah, I mean, it's it was what it was. It was just, you know, this was kind of the art style. Right. Um, which was great because it could play really smoothly on any machine, uh, even at the time. It's it kind of cool, though, with really the 8-bit style. I, I, I do like it. So, um, 16-bit. I guess in a way, like, if I were a kid now, I probably would have been into Minecraft, but this was super fun for me this at the time. This was your Minecraft. This was my version of Minecraft. So, I'm going to clear this field right now. Yeah. Um, and then... We're Basically. doing, oh, hey, this is like, okay, so we're doing a let's play here. Got it. <laughs> and then, like, I could either build my own um, uh, roller coaster or basically buy one that's already pre made. Oh, nice. I don't have enough money for oh, that one. Well, you're not rich. Um, that's I mean, kind of cool. But yeah, so it's it's super fun. And uh, let's see, how much money do I have? I have $9,000. It doesn't seem like enough money to buy a roller coaster. There you go. It's not even enough money to buy a Honda Civic today. 
Ah, yeah, I still don't have enough money. Yeah, I almost do. But if anyway. you can buy a roller coaster for nine grand, I don't want to be on it. You know what I mean? <laughs> that's true. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, the truth. so you have like you build these roller coasters and you charge money and then people line up and oh, yeah. you ride I, them so and da da da. I was a huge um, nobody's riding this one. Zoo Tycoon fan back oh, in the zoo, day. Same kind of brand, I think. I, I think it is. Yeah, or uh, at least companies are ripping each other off. One of the two, but Zoo Tycoon Two was yes. the one I played. I think Zoo Tycoon One was a lot like this style. I played Zoo Tycoon as well. Um, but Zoo Tycoon 2 had like 3D graphics and you could like go down and walk mm-hmm. around from the, you know, human perspective. And I spent way too many hours playing that. And to be honest, I've, the line at this I've recently picked up, not Zoo Tycoon, but Planet Zoo. It's the same thing. Same concept. Uh, it's, it's Zoo Tycoon essentially. And I With- sometimes play it still <laughs> yeah i played it last night actually i hadn't played it in a couple months and i was like you know I, I, it's just like peaceful there's something about it we well, you know it's interesting look at this yeah this this one coaster people are lining oh, the dude, crap yeah, out of that like one. that one i should charge more for that one yeah you need to be making i'm already money. charging five dollars to ride this one roller coaster it's ridiculous wow and that's in 1990 dollars so <laughs> yeah. that's expensive yeah so you got like a little cotton candy thing anyways it's fun so That's if, you're, cool, man. if you were into Roller Coaster Tycoon, check out Open RCT Two is what it's called. Okay, um, and you're all all overwrite that. Um, and basically, what you do to do this legally is you can you can actually purchase the game uh, from various websites, and then so, so then you own the game technically, and then you essentially have to rip the you know the game out of the wrapper of what you purchased, mm-hmm. and then you input it into this open sourced um player so you can play it on your mac so, so you can play it on a mac or even linux i think um, yeah and there's also some just niceties with open rct as well like you can speed things up and they they're actually actively working on it so yeah um whereas if you just buy it play it on a windows machine it's just whatever the company that makes it makes you do mm-hmm. um so I've that's cool man. enjoyed that if yeah. you're an old school roller coaster tycoon fan let me know in the comments there you action. go is there a multiplayer <laughs> <laughs> not really okay okay all right so this is big news for us only people who listen to this show who happen to live in nashville will, will uh benefit from this but um in and out burger is coming to nashville starting in of course franklin tennessee of course that makes a lot of sense um but literally, our governor got up on stage and announced to our state. Yeah, Governor Billy announced that In and Out is coming to Tennessee. Wow! Congratulations. Not uh, plans not to o- only open restaurants here, but uh, a plant, a corporate hub in Franklin, posting a hundred. Oh, that's why I guess it's a big deal. One hundred twenty-five million dollar investment uh, in the state. So there's so many people moving here from California. Maybe that's why. Well, we got and, a uh, Shake Shack recently yeah, in Nashville. Uh, so it only makes sense now. in and outs coming. Now, the real question is, what are they going to do about the palm trees? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I wonder if they'll bring in the palm trees and just do it you know, well, out front. I wonder so. if they'll be real because there's no shot. A palm tree is going to survive uh, a ten- middle Tennessee winter. Just all our weather. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, but it's a big deal for me. Uh, that was one of the few things that I strongly missed from living in California, being able to just drive down the street and be like, oh, I'm going to get a burger and yeah. you know, trust that it's uh, a good burger that's super right. affordable. And Connor and I have had uh, arguments about this in the past. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
And maybe when In and Out finally comes, which, by the way, is going to be several years from now. It's right. three years. This is just the announcement. Just the announcement. But um, yeah, we should do like an In and Out episode because, um, yeah, like uh, Connor notoriously is not a huge In and Out fan Mm-mm. necessarily. It's not like you're against them. Nope. It's but you very, just don't get the hype. It's just very whatever to me. Yeah. <laughs> I don't get the hype. But, yeah. you know. I don't have to offend too many people today. Uh, <laughs> decent, decent burger, better than decent burger. Yeah, it's, uh, worse than good fries. Yeah, the fries, I, I give him that, and many people agree with Connor on that. And maybe that's partially why his his uh, vote is so low. Yeah. In fact, um, there's a place in town here called Freddy's that mm-hmm. we've been to a couple times, mm-hmm. and they have better fries and equally good burgers, probably. Right. So. Yeah. Um, but In-N-Out does, does have its own kind of taste, its own flavor, kind of like Subway. You know, Subway has its own kind <laughs> yeah. of type of, of taste. Right. Um, yeah, Subway. And uh, I think the the big kicker for me with In-N-Out is that it, it is quality uh, burger for, in a fast food it's chain. Sourced, it's sourced locally, right? That's why it's such a big deal. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's, I can respect all of that. They're having to build a whole infrastructure here in Tennessee of farmers uh, providing the meat and, and things. Right. Um, so it's that's probably why it takes three years. It's going to be a lot of money and a lot of time to build the infrastructure. So but a lot of weird stuff in fast food. We got In N Out here, Chick Fil A selling hamburgers, which you talked yeah. about maybe a month or so ago. Well, we should do that. Um, my friend Jeffrey was telling me that the only location in the country is here in Nashville that's selling the hamburger really? at Chick Fil A. It's the one downtown. So, oh well, shoot, we should so, go try that out. But yeah, I'm not eating meat for another two more months. So oh, you're um, not. I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, cool. So we'll have to wait. Okay, right on. <laughs> but um, anyways, yeah. So that's our show today. <laughs> yeah, kind of a weird one. N- nothing nothing too uh, immense or, you know, no big announcements lately, but yeah. yeah. I don't know. It's, it's an episode. Hope you guys enjoyed it. <laughs> Hope you guys enjoyed the episode today. Please let us know uh, if you have any suggestions for future episodes, ideas, um, we're going to try to be as consistent as we possibly can yeah. this coming year. Um, That's well, the goal. Not this coming year, this year. Um, and uh, Well, yeah. Also, if you guys happen to know what we're doing wrong with Spotify, if we haven't figured it out already, let us know. Uh, whoever suggested it, if you know what's what we're doing wrong, just hit us up. Absolutely. Well, that's it. That's I'm, it. I'm your uh, host, Dave Mays. This is, le- this is a less than good outro. I'm your co-host, Connor McCaskill. And we'll see you next time. Cheers, guys.